Hi, and welcome to Serenity Now, a place for entrepreneurs to ask questions, learn, get connected, and be inspired. Join us as we talk about all things business and the search for the ever-elusive Serenity Now in both business and personal life. In the last episode with Katie and Claire of Friendly Composting, both partners shared their desire to grow their business to the next level. They were bringing in new staff and learning the ropes about pricing. We continued our conversation with them because they wanted further insights on developing more structure for their business and wanted to do it right. I know there's a lawyer here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that we're covered, like especially because we're a unique business, there's not a whole lot of companies that do what we do. And fund their business strategically. We're trying to get financing right now. So even just like going over those cash flows again and being yeah. really diligent about it. When asked what they accomplished since the last episode, they said this. We increased our rates. Mm-hmm. That was exciting. We went hey. like full in on it. And um, yeah, and, and I think that really stood out for us. In this episode, our Serenity Now for Entrepreneur panel goes deeper into the legal side of things with Kathleen, our lawyer, saying. You know, being incorporated um, removes you one step from the negligence. So the company is sued versus you personally. And our finance expert, Rita, reminds Friendly Composting to have this in place to mitigate risk. Peggy was alluding to was another piece on risk, and it's called a shareholder agreement. I want you to have one of those. (laughs) And you can talk to your lawyer about that as well. Peggy, our veteran entrepreneur, uncovers this golden nugget. Best piece of advice that I never really heeded enough um, attention to when I was young was plan your way out when you plan your way in. You can't have serenity without striving for balance. But what does our accountant, Candice, say about that? My idea of life balance is not necessarily the same as everybody else's, especially for those people that work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. And finally, Nina comments on what she sees as the core to Friendly Composting's success. You're doing something that you're really interested in and you're passionate about and you're helping people and you're helping the environment and you're providing a service that's needed. So I'd say don't lose that passion, don't lose that fire. Piqued your interest? Let's get started. We are going to have another episode with Katie and Claire from... Friendly Composting, and Stephanie is going to be our host tonight, so I will turn it over to Steph. Okay, awesome. So um, typically we would do an intro, but in this case, I think because you already did an intro in the last episode, we're actually just going to jump in and um, chat a little bit about the questions that might still be lingering from the last session that we had. Um, maybe you had tried certain things, so I just kind of wanted to get a temperature check on um, from both of you. How are things going? Um, and are there any questions that uh, kind of came up from some of the suggestions from last time? And then we can go through maybe another two questions or three questions that might be in addition to. So. Um, I'm going to let you girls kind of go ahead and shoot far away. Okay. Awesome. Thanks again for having us. Feels fun to be back. Um, I think especially since last time, the financials part for sure stood out um, for myself at least and just starting to really prioritize the keeping business and personal. And I know that we kind of like, we knew that going into, but being really strict on that and making sure that like, like the other day I took both cards out and I was like, I need to put this on this and I need to put, 
I need to put this one on this one. And yeah, so it felt good to like, just kind of, yeah, make sure I was doing that. Um, that was a big takeaway for sure. That was really like tangible right away. Yeah. And we're trying to get financing right now. So even just like going over those cash flows again and being yeah. really diligent about it definitely fell into that category. <laughs> yeah. Getting a big, a good grasp on our numbers for sure. We increased our rates. Mm -hmm. That was exciting. We went hey. like full in on it and, um, yeah. And, and I think that really stood out for us was like the whole, you're going to lose some people over it, but it's our business at the end of the day and we need to make that call. I don't know if too so, much is new. I don't know. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about 2021 being, you know, still early in the year. Um, any key things that you are looking to do and you might have specific questions about, let's go through a few of those. Like I think hiring was something that was on your mind. There were some questions last time about pricing. It seems like you've got that under control now. And so, yeah, let us, let us know how we can help. Yeah. The main project right now that we're working on is just getting our website up because we built it from the ground up with a uh, developer. And so just trying to make sure that that's doing everything we need it to do. Um, and then doing all that communication through distance and virtually has been a challenge, especially when we know no web lingo whatsoever. So that's been a bit of a challenge and definitely a priority for 2021. Um, and then still we're very close to getting financing. So trying to find a truck, which is a big purchase for us and the first time that we're doing that. Um, and then also just kind of like, I know there's a lawyer here tonight, um, <laughs> making sure that we're covered, like, especially because we're a unique business. There's not a whole lot of companies that do what we do. So it, it's not so easy just to go copy everything that they've done Yeah. <laughs> in terms of having their butts covered legally. Um, so yeah, kind of trying to problem solve and assess our business from a legal standpoint. Yeah. We've brought on, we have nine, nine part-time contract drivers now. Um, and so they all have kind of just like a really basic contract. Um, but yeah, figuring out that kind of like where that we need to go with the legality of all that and whether they fall under maybe closer to an employee versus a contractor and like that fine line that we're kind of walking. Cause a lot of them kind of are came on as almost volunteers and now they're contract drivers, but they, stay later and do things for us so it's like that i don't know finding that that balance um yeah but it's been fun bringing on a new team and expanding and delegating more and it's freeing up more of our time to focus on on bigger picture stuff so since we have kathleen on and she wasn't on the last webinar i think or sorry the last episode i think what we'll do is we'll hit some of the legal stuff first because it sounds to me like that might be a top priority but um, definitely we want to also chat a little bit about best practices with Nina on the marketing side so why don't we go in that order first and um, Kathleen I'm going to hand it over to you uh, being the legal guru of our team tell us a little bit about um, with a company that's growing where they start off maybe with volunteers or very on contract and now they're looking to um, bring on a little bit more of a formalized uh, agreement with staff members what are some the suggestions that you have um, to make sure that these ladies are taking care of the company um, in the right way legally. Sure. Uh, thank you. So, um, yeah, employees and contractors can be a bit of a, a minefield. And um, whether or not a person is considered an employee or a contractor for you is determined on the facts. So just having an agreement that says, um, you know, Jim's an independent contractor doesn't necessarily mean that Jim is an independent contractor. Um, and the, the difference is quite significant in how you treat them from 
a tax perspective and also your ability to terminate it and move on. So um, some of the hallmarks we look for in that, um, you know, in a contractor relationship would be Jim uses his own truck, Jim has other jobs, um, he can, you know, in some instances it makes sense that he can set his own hours. Um, that doesn't always have to be the case, um, but that's a, you know, one of the indicators that we'll look at to decide. And whether or not he's a contractor, I, I you know, should also mention it's taxes and, and remittances, but it's also how WCB is going to treat the individual and how you've got to structure your or set up your WCB account for those folks. Um, so an employee really is somebody who's there at your, um, you know, you say show up at nine o'clock, they use your equipment, um, you know, they, they don't necessarily have a say in what they do from day to day. You've got a structured sort of job for them. Um, and then with either determination, employee or contractor, it's, you always want to write it down. So, in, you know, there's a, a, a myth out there that the default for employees is the Employment Standards Act, and that's, it's counterintuitive, but that's not the case. You actually have to contract into some of the terms of the Employment Standards Act. So, for example, um, when we, you know, a lot of businesses went through temporary layoffs during COVID, there was a lot of exposure there from an employment standards position um, because unless we had contracts that said, I can temporary, temporarily lay off my employees for an um, absence of work, um, we're not allowed to do that. So technically then you fall under the common law versus the legislation and the common law is where we look to the case law to see what, you know, we'll use Jim again. So Jim's an employee. What sort of notice period or severance is he entitled to based on his length of service, um, his role in the company, his responsibilities, uh, things of that nature. And the common law can be, um, you know, you could end up owing somebody six months severance as opposed to if you contracted into the Employment Standards Act, you'd owe them two weeks. So it's a very significant uh, difference there. So that, that's kind of, that's the big picture. If you've got specific questions, I can try and answer those. Yeah. Um, does somebody else want to chime in to maybe Candace? Yeah, let's get Candace in here as well, uh, because on the accounting side of things, I'm sure there's um, also some potentially some setup that's required. Well, they, a, a big uh, a big consideration for the employee versus an employed. Um, it is a legal thing, but it's a it's a tax legal thing. So, so the uh, the all, everything that we do related to taxes is because there's a legal document that says this is what you shall do. And uh, as Kathleen said, it's not really black and white. There's, it's, you know, you have to weigh all the facts on, you know, this fact makes them an employee and this fact makes them an, a subcontractor. And depending on where the balance lies is, is from a tax perspective where you would end up. And then you, you want to make sure that if you, if you truly are a, a subcontractor that you're getting the, the documentation to support that that working relationship and if it's an employee, all the, consider the legal considerations and other that is supporting that relationship. I've put a mess, uh, a link in the, um, in the chat there. Um, and this is the, this is the big, this is the document that CRA would, um, usually give out to most small, you got it? Good. Yeah. It's a good one. 
So it, it gives you the same things, touches on, to Kathleen touched on, on a lot of the things. It's, you know, whose tools, who's calling the shots, is there a risk of loss? And from a tax perspective, that's the biggest one is that if there's a risk of loss. So if they, if there's a risk that they, their pay is more or less based on, you know, whether business is good or bad, i.e., you know, like they don't get paid because you don't get paid or something like that, then, then, uh, then it falls more into a subcontractor kind of relationship. So, um, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not a yes or no answer and, and, uh, lots of things to consider. So. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to Peggy in a minute, and then um, Rita. I will also add in what I was told, and this is from an HR manager, is whether or not you're paying your staff hourly, um, or if it's for a particular job. So if you think of something like web design, they've completed the job of web design. Whether it takes them 30 hours or 100 hours, it's really not your issue. But if you are paying hourly, then just be really careful about that because they could, you know, tax people as well as uh, the employees can see um, paying, being paid as a contractor for these uh, contractors as like skirting a little bit of the CPP, um, so Canadian Pension Plan and the unemployment insurance or that those contributions, as well as taxes. And so just also make sure that um, that is something you look at. Peggy? I was just going to add to that, Stephanie, and say that one of the biggest downfalls of the contractor-contractee relationship is that when your independent contractor claims to have that status as a contractor, doesn't have other sources of income, you're on the hook for it. As a, yeah. as a company, you're on the hook for uh, the employee deductions. And, and CRA hit companies pretty hard in that case. I've seen it with some of my clients. A lot of software companies hire contractors because it, it's an easy way to get talent. But then they just stay on. And they stay on under that... Um, independent contractor mode, but they don't have other sources of income. The employer doesn't know that, but at the same time, they are liable for the employee remittances, um, the employer portion, and I believe they penalize quite nicely on these ones too, because as an employer, they should have been paying them as an employee when the facts say you're actually an employee because you don't have other sources of income. You sit here every day, you come here nine to five, and you're paying you know, 20 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. So really have to watch out on that one. It is a problematic area, and it's not as it's not as straightforward as it seems. Even when they tell you that they're a contract, we need to ensure that they are. Yeah, Rita, you wanted to jump in with that. Thanks, Peggy. Yeah, I was going to say basically we're talking about risk again, uh, which is what we do all day, and. And it boils down to having those good conversations. I think somewhere I read something about an astronomical bill. I, I don't really know what that means. What I want to find out is knowledge to get the peace of mind to ensure that my business is being run smoothly and I've got the right foundation so that I can set it up for continued scalability and growth. So taking the additional time right now and being in the new year and you're taking on some new people, yeah, I kind of go, what's the end goals of the business? And are you going to be around for the next number of years? Then, you know, perhaps we need to look at the idea of an employee. So there's pros and cons to both sides, but I love everything that everyone has said. I just have been on the finance side of it and also been through payroll audits just one too many times. And you don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> you don't ever want to be anywhere near that. And on the finance side, if you're looking to get financing, um, you know, 
you know, strong finance partners will be asking you, why did you say contractor? Why did you not say employee? And you did not factor in your payroll taxes. No, I, I kind of don't buy into this at all. So you really need to be standing strong before you submit those cash flows, um, uh, you know, before you walk into that. So I really think that there, there is, there's nothing stronger for me than peace of mind to set up a company properly and taking that time to do so and finding the right people. So that, that cost is absorbed as a business cost, but also future growth. So I would do the cost now versus trying to unravel it and do it after the fact. Yeah, I love that. I think another risk also because there's a lot of labor that's required for your company as well is, is health and safety. And so, you know, would WorkSafe cover contractors? I don't know the rules around that, but that's something to look after because if they don't and they go, well, I was working, it was 12 hours a week and I was doing this for the last four months, then WorkSafe um, potentially could go, well, you didn't, you weren't paying any work safe um, and so your your staff might not be you know or contractors uh, would not be covered under that so another thing to consider um, I know when you bring on employees it's a different thing I will echo what mean um, what is said in terms of uh, what Rita said with those who are looking at loans is how strong is a business can you carry staff and, and all that I will also say that impacts grants as well so on the side of you know looking at grants if you're looking at expansion they'll say well you only have two people on payroll that you two and then you've got 14 contractors what if your contractors all leave you're not going to have a business is that what's going to happen and so keep that in mind as well lots of student hiring grants available uh, throughout the entire year so make sure you look at those as a way to offset some of your costs okay well that was a good solid 15 minutes but it was worth the time because this is a topic that i think um, a lot of listeners would be very interested in. Um, the laws in every province are going to be different or every region. So please do check in with your, you know, wherever you're located and kind of what is the legal requirement for it. Um, so now we're going to hop into a little bit of the marketing side because I'd love to get Nina to chime in a little bit on working with a contractor. Sounds like um, afar as well. So how do you align expectations? I mean, you did a beautiful website for us, Nina. So I want you to just tell these ladies, how do you ensure that, you know, your contractors on the website side of things is actually delivering what they say they will deliver and on time? Um, it, it's a difficult one, especially if you don't have marketing experience. So this is a completely different thing for you. So you're trying to dictate how to do a job to somebody that you've never done before. Right. And so that that can be a bit of an issue. Um, I would say that try to just take it down to what your overall marketing plan is, who you're trying to reach and what is the story you're trying to tell. So think of it how you would talk to somebody that you met in a grocery store, telling them about your business. What would you say? What has worked for you in the past to get clients? What are the key things that you're saying where people are saying, hey, yeah, no, I want to I want to sign up for that. I'd like to do that. So you have to download what's up here onto your website in a format that's easy to navigate through, functional, and it has to be somewhat aesthetic, pleasing to look at. You don't want to be just a pretty website with fluff. You don't want to be just functional with no... Uh, call to action so you have to have a marriage of both so it, it can be difficult to achieve story-based is I think would work really well for you guys 
tell the story. Tell your story. People would be involved. Talk about your passion. You guys have touched on that a little bit. I have taken a look at your website and what you have now. And what I find is that it's, it's very typical of starting out. When you're starting out, you've got a little blurb here, and then you add a page here, and it's like patchwork together. And what you want to do is just make it a little bit more cohesive. So you're leading them in. Think of a book you're writing. So here's the intro. Now you've got their attention. They're interested. They're still on your page. Give them a little bit more information, which is what your service is, what your rates is. And then now they're really wormed up. They're interested. They want to sign up. And then make it as easy for them to do that as possible with the least amount of clicks. Does that make sense, ladies? Yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, that was good. That was like a story in itself. And then it was just like ended. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, Um, I think like for Claire and I both, just because this has gone like this, the website thing, we like delegated early, which we just kind of like through a few conversations early on, we're like, maybe just, yeah, put that off to someone who kind of like knows how to do it. And then we haven't really like revisited honestly it. revisited it. Like I can't which is so bad to admit, but, like, I can't tell you the last time I, like, went and looked through our website. I did today for the first time in a really long time because we did the price update and we're working so hard on the back end of our website because our business is so logistic heavy and we're going through all this data and making sure we can filter what we need and get the reports we need from the back end of our website. And I was talking with our website guy and I was like, have we changed the prices on the front end? Like, that's what people are seeing. Yeah, it was like the first time in a long time I've gone through it, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, it takes so much time to build a website from like on the back side of things, and then like the product upload thing was like a whole other level too. Like we were like, "Okay, great, it's ready. It was handed to us." And I was like, "How do I put a picture?" Like I'm not this incompetent. I swear. Like how do I? I just want to add a photo. Like let me. And it was just like had you know like with slugs and all these different words. I was like, "Oh my gosh." And it's tough when you're, like, obviously trying to run the whole other side of it, too. So, um, yeah, like we said, like, getting these hands on deck and making sure that they're, like, in the right positions and taking on more of that role is going to free up our time to be doing that. So it's a really good reminder. We did, we've we been saying for a while, like, shifting focus into that marketing sales because for so long our business kind of just sold itself because we were the only ones doing it. And it was, like, this niche thing, and now we really have to kind of, like, take a step back and, like you said, tell the story we want to tell and kind of gain some traction again for sure Mm -hmm. yeah I get what you're saying I'll add a couple of things just based on what you guys just said Um, one thing is incorporate your social media into your website on the homepage. so have that Instagram feed on your homepage, and that way it always keeps it active and new Um, as far as uh, pricing goes yeah you do you do want to keep that relevant and new as well and um, updated but just Anything that you can automate as well. So if there's a way for them to sign up, if there's information you need to gather, you can that can be form-based. I'm not sure how your backend looks for that. But anything that you can system, like put in a system and you can make it easier for yourself, try to do it with your website as much as possible. The other thing is when you're adding in a product, record yourself when you're doing it. Create a manual or record yourself doing it. And then the next time you go to do it, which might be two months from now, just your recording and then it's a lot easier because you can see oh yeah I clicked here and I did this and I went here and I do that for my clients all the time and it's really helpful 
I'll add a couple extra tips as well. Um, so we are based on WordPress for our website. And what we had our web developer do was create a couple of pages that I wanted to be able to just you know, use as a template. So everything's coded in and there's three pictures and then I can put text here, text here, text here, maybe add a form at the bottom. And so she coded it all in for us, but we hit that page. So if I ever needed it again, or maybe I'm writing a blog about something, I can just duplicate it. Um, I also had her do a couple of different layouts. So maybe it's three photos on the top and then some text on the bottom. And so it just allows you to have a little bit greater control um, to be able to put stuff on your website if they're using a, a platform like a WordPress or something that you can somewhat manage. But I echo what Nina says, like I had to have her, my, my web developer record kind of what the steps are. I watched her do it. What does the page actually look like? And then when I did did it, and if there's something that's off, like the border's off or whatever, I would just send it over and it's just a quick click for them, but at least the information's up. So um, that any of those kind of things could uh, be valuable as well. Ladies, anybody else who want to chime in with uh, experience on website? I'm looking forward to our website. I mean, I cannot wait to share our website because it's super beautiful and amazing. And so Nina's done a really good job there. Um, having oh, testimonials for sure and um, having your partners on there um, and highlighting that is going to be helpful. And if your team is more transitional, then maybe you might not want to put everybody's name up there with their photo because it's just more web you know, management. Maybe it's just the two of you and you just mention that your team is you know, largely students or they're largely friends of yours who really believe in what you um, are doing as well. So you can definitely do things like that to minimize the amount of time that you have to be adding photos and taking new photos and they don't like this photo or they, you know, they don't like their description of who they are. And so it's uh, little things like that that can help. Excellent. Um, let's go with another question. Uh, so any other questions that you ladies might have in terms of, um, you know, clarification questions as well from what we've covered today? No? I think Kathleen has a point on the, um, on the legal considerations. Maybe you can make that now, Kathleen. Yeah, let's do that, Kathleen. Sure. I, um, you know, employees are one little minefield. Um, the other thing that we're always concerned about uh, as lawyers is what's your exposure to liability in the in um, the sense of causing damage to other people's property or causing damage to people. Um, you know, I had a quick look through your website, and you you know, you're do some of the things we worry about with businesses, are you serving something someone's going to consume? Because right away, Ned, we've got concerns about foodborne illnesses and things of that nature. Your product is different than that, but I would still, you know, want you to turn your mind to where are, where are the possible interactions we have with other humans and their stuff and what could go wrong? So if you're showing up and picking up bins on someone's property, um, one of your truck drivers, drives over, you know, hits their car. Well, car is a bad example because that's ICBC. But, um, you know, just considering areas where things can go wrong. And, the, of course, the best defense for protecting yourself personally from any sort of that exposure is having the right liability insurance in place. Um, and then the other thing to consider at some point is whether or not you should be incorporated. So I, I don't know if I missed that last week, if you are already incorporated. Yeah. 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 Yes, they are. Okay, great. So, um, you know, you probably already got that little lesson, but, you know, being incorporated, 
um, removes you one step from the negligence. So the company is sued versus you personally. Um, there's some exceptions in there where you can still have some exposure. Um, but keep in mind that just being incorporated doesn't get you out of debts because chances are any financing you go for is going to be in the name of the company, but they're going to make you personally guarantee it being a new company. So, um, you know, even if the company, God forbid, were to, to declare bankruptcy, you know, you've still got some exposure personally as well. That's a quick little nutshell of incorporations liability. And That's a really, really good point, Kathleen. Yeah, definitely. We like um, we've got almost like 20 different food producer suppliers that we deliver for. And so like there's all different like from frozen to fresh and all of these different things. Right. In between. And right now it's um like our facility is like a shared space, too. So that's obviously something we consider and make sure that all of our drivers are like have everything they need in terms of san sanitizer and everything and transitioning, whether they're touching the bins or touching the food and stuff like that. We talk to them about that. But that's really important reminder for sure. What quick fire if. Um, I may just says there's five minutes left and there's five of us so or six of us that would be um, giving uh, advice what is the one you know now that we know uh, this business a little bit more with this being in here a couple of uh, episodes what is the one uh, piece of advice that you'd like to share with these ladies that if you're running the business what would you do I'm gonna start with Peggy uh, well I guess you know the best piece of advice that I never really heeded enough um, attention to when I was young was plan your way out when you plan your way in. It's easy to get into a business. It's easy to get employees. It's easy to be involved. How do you get out? As partners, what happens if one of you wants out? What happens if you fight? What happens if one of you gets injured? What happens if one of you has to carry the loan and the other one doesn't? All those things, they don't seem like a reality because you're just knee deep into or neck deep into doing what you're doing and you don't think about it. But people's lives take different directions. And as, as partners, it's one of the hardest things to do is to stay together for a long, long time. And nobody wants to have that discussion because you're in the romance period. It's all exciting and everything's just happening. But the hardest thing that I've encountered in my career is breaking up with my business partner. And it and it's um, it, it was 25 years. It should have been many times before that, but I don't think you'll hear. Um, and we and we ended amicably. I mean, lots of people don't. We did go through some rough patches along the way because he was um, a single man that never married that got a boat in the middle of our career. So I had two kids in college and a young one at home. So you can imagine how our interests changed as life went on. So. All those are huge considerations, and that's the one thing that I didn't listen to enough in the beginning. Hey, love it. Um, let's go to Rita. I, I love that whole piece there. Uh, ladies, I think you have a fantastic business and a, and a lovely, um, amazing, passionate relationship that I can see for sure so far. Uh, what Peggy was alluding to was another piece on risk, and it's called a shareholder agreement. I want you to have one of those, <laughs> and you can talk to your lawyer about that as well. <laughs> the, the other piece of advice for me is 
you know, reviewing your end goals, I'll always keep coming back to that. What are your end goals? And they could change. But if you're reviewing those on a regular basis, whether it's a spot check on a weekly basis or every month, at the same time you're reviewing your financials, so every month you're reviewing your financials and double checking where everything is at just in case costs are just astronomical and you need to make some quick changes, you do that right away. But, but it really is ensuring that you're both aligned on your end goals. And then when you are aligned on your end goals, the, the most interesting thing happens. You actually get to your end goals. <laughs> and instead of all these opportunities that come whizzing at you that might, you know, what I call background noise or background music that take you away or distract you, they're no longer there because you already go, does it fit with my plan and my end goals? No, it doesn't. It's very easy to see. Then you get to keep going. So. That's it. Candice. So I'm going to share with you something that I didn't learn until maybe a couple of years ago. And I'm not that young anymore. So um, I wish I'd learned it a long, long time ago. I used to stress myself out because I'm self-employed. I have been self-employed for years and years and years. And my idea of life balance is not necessarily the same as everybody else's, especially for those people that work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. And I used to be, I used to think that there was something wrong with me because I couldn't make my life work on those terms. And when I realized, I, all of a sudden I just realized that life work balance, work life balance doesn't necessarily mean that I have to balance my life based on what everybody else is, you know, what works for everybody else. But I do have to make sure that it works for me. So you know, you can't, that doesn't mean I can work 24-7, you know, 365. It just means that I might have periods where I intensely work, but then I have to make sure that I focus and take time for myself and take breaks when I can and make sure that I'm working on my business, not in my business all the time. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things that uh, made a, it actually made a huge mental change for me. Um, and took a lot of stress off my shoulders, just making that that mind shift. So, yeah, love it. And Kathleen, um, yeah, I think I would echo a lot of what um, Candace just said. However, I'm still learning it myself. So maybe the takeaway there is, um, you know, you're not going to get perfect at this stuff overnight. I'm also not that young, um, and uh, and and there there should be moments of fun. And as, oh, Rita just said, don't forget to have fun. <laughs> um, but also from a legal perspective, don't wait until something's going wrong before you address some of these issues. So we've heard the shareholder agreement, we've heard about what happens, breaking up with your partner, all that sort of stuff. There's things that you can do in advance. It doesn't always mean it's going to be perfect, um, but don't wait till you have a problem with your employee to get an employee contract. Don't wait till you have a problem to get your insurance reviewed. You know, there's, there's things that it's just nice to do in advance when everybody's happy and, and making money and um, you've got lots of business. Awesome. Nina. Uh, well, I think I love your story. And when I read about you guys on the website, you guys are in an ideal situation. This is the stories that we all love hearing about entrepreneurs. You're doing something you're passionate about that you, you, you want to change the world. You you love the environment, and you're doing this day in and day out. I mean, this is an ideal situation. So I would echo what the other girls are saying that, you know, have fun along the way. Don't forget to have fun. This is, you're not selling shoes. I mean, I'm sure some people love selling shoes, but you're doing something that you're really interested in and you're passionate about, and you're helping people, and you're helping the environment, and you're providing a service that's needed. 
So I would, I'd say don't lose that passion. Don't lose that fire. Um, I would, I would just, even though I didn't speak on this, I hope you got the red alert warning, warning contractors versus employees. I hope that's kind of sunk in for you guys. <laughs> I've had some personal experience on that. So feel free to reach out if you want to talk about that. So just, um, I think it's great that you guys are asking for advice and you guys are growing and you've got the educational background, but also the passion. And so I, I, I wish you guys lots of success, and I think it's inevitable for you guys. And I hope you guys have lots of laugh, laughs along the way, too, lots of fun. I feel all that, and I'm just going to add in that um, the planning piece is really interesting. I think your life goals as you uh, do different things in life and maybe different priorities come in into your life, just review that on a semi-annual basis with each other. Like actually put a calendar invite in and say on this day for three hours we're going to meet and it just repeats for six months um, automatically so that you can actually chat about what's really important to you right now and so that you can balance that off uh, for yourself. So it's uh, it works. It's um, definitely, you know, everyone thinks that entrepreneurship is is all fun and games and oh you get to set your own schedule and I, I'm sure some of you everybody here is laughing because we're all like yeah well you set your schedule and it's like nine to nine right or seven to seven or whatever it is and weekends and you think about it before you go to bed and so all this but um, making a difference and making an impact and once you know should that change then I think that conversations also need to be had and so I wish that we all wish you lots of luck and so inspired by you know both of you doing and working on this business at such a young age and involving so many other people into it as well um, you are absolutely making a difference and so we look to you for a really bright future thank you for uh, joining us in this episode Thank you, guys. It's yeah. been really, really helpful being able to ask questions yeah. and just learn from your guys' experience opposed to trying to find the right Google key search words. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have our emails now. Yeah. So I'm invited to reach out anytime. And uh, if you have some really compelling um, questions, then then send them to us. And what we'd like to do maybe is, you know, I don't know, six months, a year down the road is revisit and see how it's going. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be really great. Ooh. Yeah, that would be awesome. Did you get some golden nuggets from our panelists? I hope you learned more about subcontractors versus employee relationships, making sure that you've got the legal and accounting side covered. In addition, marketing, make sure you know what needs to be on your website. And remember, like Nina said, you need to be telling the story because that's what people resonate with. And the important thing about risks in your business and how to potentially mitigate them. Make sure that you're reviewing risks or potential risks on a regular basis. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Serenity Now for Entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up some good tips and best practices that would benefit your entrepreneurial journey. Remember, none of the content in this podcast should be relied upon as standard legal or business advice. Always consult a professional for your specific business. You may know someone who could benefit from this podcast. Please share it with your business community and perhaps it can give an entrepreneur you know some serenity now.